I lost a friend a week ago through suicide. He decided not to live anymore. And I'm feeling called to create a very open episode about that. His name was Balkan. And maybe through this episode, I can, I don't know, keep him alive a little longer. Balkan was struggling. He, has been, he had been struggling for years. But I never thought he'd actually leave us. He was working on his health. He was, I was his health coach for a while. I was even, we did one-on-one -on -one sessions on Zoom. He started going keto. He lost weight. He, even before health coaching him, he dove into the world of mindfulness and Sadhguru and meditation. And he started calling me Guru Maya because he didn't understand how mindfulness worked. He was like, but the mind always gets distracted. It's impossible to stop it. And so I explained to him, it's not about stopping the thoughts. The thoughts will always be there. It's about bringing your intention back constantly to the now, to your body, to your anchor, whether it's your breath. In a kind way, being gentle with yourself, being kind to yourself, not beating yourself up for thinking because it's natural. And so I just feel like sharing Balkan's story Balkan was a dear, dear friend, but he was more than that. He was, we shared a beautiful love too, before I moved back to Peru. Which makes it even more strange and painful. Because he was so close. Because I do really miss his friendship right now. We met at a salsa festival. I think mostly. I had seen him before at some salsa workshops, but at the salsa festival, he's such a good dancer and so charismatic and he had that light around him. I saw the whole dance floor all being so serious. I saw them with their high heels and, and a serious face trying to do all the complicated things. And then I saw this one guy actually enjoying himself doing all these crazy little moves not so that people would watch him but he he was just enjoying it so i couldn't wait to dance with him and so i went up to him in, in between two songs gathered my courage and went for it and i don't know i was just so dazzled or something he, he started doing all these complicated things i was tired after six or seven hours of workshops the whole day my feet were hurting, so I wasn't the quickest to react to his moves. And so he thought I was a beginner. So he lowered the level of the moves he was doing to a very beginner level. And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> now he thinks I cannot dance. Now we're doing all these easy things and it must be so boring for him. Damn it. And so we didn't talk much. It was mainly a dance, but I did really enjoy it. And that was in the month of January 2020, right before the pandemic hit. Pandemic hit, so no salsa classes. I didn't really see him until I can't remember if I saw him at a class maybe or why it was that he reacted to a Facebook video of mine or an Instagram story. 
because I was getting, I was starting to build my online business. I was getting comfortable in front of the camera. I really wasn't, I really wasn't. So I recorded myself every day for a minute on Instagram, just talking whatever came up during my morning walk with Nina, my dog who passed away. And he said that he really resonated with what I was saying. And we started chatting away. And that was in June 2020. So we were chatting away. At some point, I was living back at my parents' house. I didn't have a job. I was building my business. So I had no income. So I was living at my parents' house, waiting for a flight to return to Peru. And so I was studying and working a lot at home. And so was he. He was writing his paper. He was doing a PhD as an engineer of something, bio something. Sorry. <laughs> and we almost met to co-work. I told him, just come here to my office. If you have a hard time focusing, sometimes it helps working together, you know. And he didn't come because he had a, a stiff neck. He had to go to... He's osteopath or something. And then we didn't meet. Then I was almost going to Greece with him because he was looking for a travel buddy. And I was like, I've never been to Greece. I have to go. But the tickets were freaking expensive. It was August by then. So I did not travel with him. We did keep in touch. We kept chatting away. So in my memory, we would we chatted and then met up immediately. But yesterday I scrolled back and I spent an hour reading all of our conversations. And we had been chatting away for four months before even building an in-person friendship. So we already shared a lot of reflections. We joked around about funny Tinder profiles. We would send each other screenshots until we finally decided to meet up. There was like a salsa party in Ghent at the salsa club where he took his classes. And it's funny how we already had a, a beautiful connection online but really the first time we went in person I couch surfed I stayed on his couch basically and he said that he'll normally never lets people in it takes him a long time to let people stay in his cocoon his house but with us it was just natural and so we mainly saw each other as friends I think it took I think that was October it wasn't until the end of November I guess that something more happened. But the main thing we had was that deep friendship, talking about he was sharing his traumas. I was sharing my journey and my insecurities. I was writing my book at the time, Love in All Shapes and Sizes, and he was giving me feedback on every chapter. He was encouraging me to stay persistent, even though after six months of building my business, I was still at zero clients. You probably didn't know that, but I was suffering, trying to fake it till I made it. And he was really helping me stay consistent, staying persistent. He said, you're really on to something. He was a very active member of my Healthy High Achievers Facebook group. So he was one of my biggest supporters from the very start. Which makes it even more difficult that he's not here anymore. Because we didn't really have a lot of contact the past couple of years. We shared a love and it was free love. There was no expectations. There was no aim. There was no shape. 
it was shapeless love. So right now I'm writing my second book. That's because of him. And it will be called Shapeless Love. The first one was love in all shapes and sizes. This one is shapeless love. Because love flows freely. Love is supposed to be free. It's not supposed to be the way he used to love. And he was he told me that he had an attachment style that wasn't too healthy. He got too attached to people, too many expectations, or it got a bit toxic. And it was his first time that he shared a free love that was with me. And he thanked me so much for showing him what the essence of love feels and looks like. Just sharing that moment, sharing that connection, sharing that emotional, physical, mental connection without ruining it by putting rules on it, putting it in a little box, putting like putting a ribbon of ego around that box. <laughs> Just free love. And we knew it was going to end the moment I had a flight to Peru. I jumped on it and it was goodbye. No, or see you later. We knew that and that was okay. That was what was going to happen. So he gave me a little card. Let me see if I can pull it up. I sent it to a friend recently, or is it in my pictures? He gave me a little card with some pajamas, with a little dog on it. It was really cute. And the card said, I have faith that it's in my pictures in my favorites. I favorited everything he gave me. No? I find his picture. Yeah, there it is. He wrote on the 14th of December, 2020. Thank you for being such a positive influence in my life when I needed it the most. I am grateful for having shared so much in such short time. I hope these PJs keep you cozy no matter what part of the world you are in. Welcome. And I still use those PJs. And we kept talking. That's when I health coached him when I was already in Peru. We continued the friendship, not the love. But in the end, friendship and love, it's all about connection. And you choose the level of connection you have. You know, level one might be just an acquaintance, some just someone you love bumping into. You love saying hi to on the street. You know, I have many of those. It makes me happy to see them, but we never went any further into creating a really a friendship or doing something one-on-one. -on -one. It's just a coincidence, acquaintance that makes me happy, right? And then you have those friendships um, that really become a support in your life. Some friends become like family. I sure created my own family of friends here. Some friends you cuddle with. Some friends you don't really do that with. So that's another level of connection. And then some people you just connect with and share love with without turning it into a whole relationship or monogamy. And then with some people, you just fall in love madly and you just start a monogamous relationship and you want to do everything together. And then with some people, you get married <laughs> or have kids or, I don't know, long-lasting relationships or a five-year relationship or or an intense month that you're forever, th forever thankful for, right? 
So I feel guilty. I feel shame. I feel anger towards myself. I feel anger towards him. And apparently those are normal emotions in grieving someone who committed suicide. I was angry at him first. I was like, why? You know, why did you leave us all behind? Why didn't you just keep going and keep trying? Why did you take that decision? Why didn't we? Why didn't I make more of an effort to see you the last time I was in Belgium? And I I actually did something really bad. I mean, not too bad, but I uninvited him to karaoke. That was our last conversation. He wasn't happy about that. I said, sorry, you're totally right. And that was the last thing I told him. So my last memory of him could have been singing karaoke together. <laughs> but why did I uninvite him? Because I was in my very Peruvian Maya mode. And I was inviting everyone and anyone. Several friends, my mom, my best friend, Balkan, who told me he was going through a hard time. So I said, just join me. And then I saw on the on the website, of course, you need everyone to confirm and of course, there's a higher fee starting at six people than they charge per person. And I was like, I thought there's a karaoke booth. There's no limit, right? As long as people fit in there. But that's a very Peruvian way of thinking. So I was like, everyone join. And then I had like eight people that I invited. And I was like, oh, I didn't. <laughs> I booked it for only max five people. So I had to uninvite some people. I uninvited Balkam and he wasn't happy about that. And I was like, you know, we can see each other next time. And he said, yeah, next time let's go to a salsa party. So then we were five and then two of my other friends canceled like a day before. And I was hesitating. Should I re-invite Balkam? But I was just going to be with my best friend and my mom. And I, I was like, my mom might not be very comfortable with a guy I used to date who's a good friend of mine, but she doesn't really know him. And and my other friend also. And it was like one day before my flight. So it was also sort of my goodbye from my best friend before going back to Peru. And I decided to leave it there. And I said, I can meet Balkan next time with more time because we had just been chatting in my last days when I was in Belgium. So it's always madness when I'm in Belgium. I have to say hello to everyone, see everyone several times, and then say goodbye to everyone. And it's it's madness. So I even wrote down on my list of to-dos next time I'm in Belgium. I wrote down salsa party with Balkan. But there is not going to be a next time. So fuck, you never know. You never know what happens. I should have said yes. And it's really making me want to say yes to more things in life. Last week, I had a fortune cookie. My friend's fortune cookie said, you're going to learn a lesson this week. My other friend's fortune cookie said, it wouldn't hurt you to work more, which is a weird thing because it's basically pushing him into a burnout. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a fortune cookie. It's like a workaholic cookie. Um, and my cookie said, you only have one life. Enjoy it. And my throat was like, it really, 
it really did something. So I went to Salsa. I went to dance Salsa on Friday after a whole week of grieving and crying and waking up with these crazy bangs under my eyes. And I went to Salsa, had a cocktail with some friends, invited everyone. We went to Salsa. I was enjoying it so much. And I was thinking about Balkan and his great salsa dancing. And all of a sudden, they changed the music to Bugalu, which is a type of salsa he used to dance. And he used to do it really well. And I always wanted to learn. And I'm like, I think he's here. I think he's really here with me, telling me to enjoy myself. Because the day he committed suicide, I tried to do a little ritual. I tried to call for him and, and talk to him. And I could feel he wasn't there. And I was like, this asshole just crossed that bridge without looking back. You know, <laughs> he really wanted to do this. This is real. This was really his choice. You know, this was really what he wanted to do. And so he wasn't even there. You know, sometimes you feel like people are hanging around saying goodbye to people. You can still feel them. And I couldn't feel him anymore. And I said, you jerk. <laughs> This episode is not for children. Uh, explicit language. I should tell YouTube. So he wasn't there. But at the salsa party, I could really feel him. He was there. And the fact that he used to call me Guru Maya, I really feel like he's telling me that I was, I don't know, a support to him, that we meant a lot to each other, and that I need to enjoy my life. So, I'm turning 30 this year, and I told him in December that I was experiencing the almost 30 crisis. And he said, oh, I know that almost 30 crisis. He said, all of a sudden you want your couch, you become a couch potato and you don't really, just the couch wins always, you know, you want to go out with friends, but then the couch wins. And seriously, this past year, the couch has been winning a lot. I've been sleeping early and really pushing myself to go out. And I used to be such an excitement seeking person. Singing everywhere, salsa dancing, meeting friends. It was like, that was my life. And and lately, I've been locking myself up more, cocooning more. And he said, you know, the only remedy is to just organize a big-ass party. Invite all of your friends. He said, I didn't do that, and I really regretted it. And so you are invited <laughs> if you want to come to Cusco this year. I, I, I guess I'm going to do a big-ass party. And I guess I'm writing my second book because of Balkan. I guess I'm organizing a party because of Balkan. I guess I might learn Salsa Bugalu because of Balkan and go out more thanks to Balkan. And so I think he thought I was a big support for him and he felt bad sometimes about talking about himself and sharing everything with me. But really? Really, he was helping and is helping me. And that's what connection and friendship and love is all about. So, 
Thank you, Balcom. I hate you <laughs> for not being here anymore, but this was your choice. And people choose if they live. People choose how long they live. People choose if they live to the fullest or if they live in numbness. If they live binge-watching Netflix or if they really live, live, live. And so I'm choosing to really live. I think that was most of the story I wanted to share. The past week, my mind has been bringing up so many random memories of he was Turkish. So he's Turkish tea. He taught me how to make it. It was so good. Um, his freaking comfortable couch. The only couch I'll ever be able to sleep on was his couch. <laughs> we were watching movies, musicals on full volume, just blasting. He wasn't a bad singer, actually. He had a really good voice. He was practicing the saxophone back then. And he brought it to my place, played a couple of songs. We danced, bachata, salsa, cha-cha-cha. We went for a lot of walks in the park. Because it was COVID times. I guess I was part of his bubble. And we went to a park in Brussels with Nina, my dog. Who was like a such a wise old dog who guided me spiritually. And I feel like she's still a spirit guide. And she passed away. I think almost exactly a year before Balkam, a year and a month. So I hope they're together somewhere. I don't know where people go when they die. No one knows. But I really hope they find each other somewhere. And life is constantly changing. Life is always about change and shifts. And losing things. And I have one tattoo that says, Laat maar komen, laat maar gaan. It's Dutch. And it means, let it come, let it go. That was before Frozen came out. <laughs> so it doesn't sound as cheesy in Dutch. But it reminds me, as a Taurus who doesn't like change, it reminds me to constantly accept the shifts and changes of life. Know that people enter your life, people leave your life because of death or just growing apart or just desamor, which is a really nice Spanish word, which is like unloving someone. Unlove. When people unlove you, it happens. When people move on, when you're in different countries, just accepting, and that's something that Peru taught me as well. Peru is an ever-changing country. Everything changes. A plan is just an idea of what you might be doing that day, but it changes. So there's people quit their jobs and start a new one the next day. People move apartments within a week. <laughs> so there's no six months notice, and there's no, I'm moving in three months. I found an apartment. We're moving. No, it's like today. Sorry, everything happens now. And that's what teaches me to remain, to stay flexible. To know that whatever I have right now, whatever my life looks like right now, it's going to be completely different. Like there's going to be a storm passing by soon, sweep it all away. And that's life. That's what happens. That's 
it's changes and it's losing a job you love, losing a friend you love, and then making new friends all at the same time. So last week, another friend of mine became a dad. That was two days after Balkan left us. He became a dad. The girl's name is Amaya. Almost Maya. It's Amaya. And uh, him being in that bliss of becoming a dad, he sent me this picture of a baby and I get, just kept staring of that babe, at that baby, Amaya. And I'm like, that's life. That's life. That's the un... I don't know what word I wanted to use. Unfixed? No. <laughs> the ever-changing state of life. And that's what we need to accept. I need to accept that Balkan made a choice. It was his choice, and I need to support that. I know he tried everything in his power to get better. I know I tried everything in my power and I couldn't have known and I didn't know he was, he reached that point. I really thought he would always try and get better bit by bit, year after year. He didn't see a way out. Way out. That was his way out. I need to accept that. And I want to be gentle with myself as I'm moving through grief and we'll have moments where I don't feel like doing anything I will have moments where I feel like going out and forget the world <laughs> I will have moments where I will sit here and cry and I will have moments where I'm enjoying life and laughing and that's what Balkan wants for me and that's what I want to be doing more of and even not feel guilty about laughing and having fun when I should be grieving. Guilt is a weird emotion. I free myself from guilt and shame and anger. And I accept any emotion that wants to move through me in the coming time. And I accept the duration of my grief and the coming back and going away. And it's all good. That was my episode for this one. I hope it made you reflect on your life. And if you're living to the fullest or if you're in numb mode. And when you think about you enjoying life and living your best life, what would that look like? What would you be doing instead of binge watching Netflix? How would you be spending your time and your days? Because we have one life and we need to enjoy it.